Um, the title of, of what I want to share with you tonight, I'm calling it uh, Your Protection. Because, you know, God is a protector if you allow Him to be your protector. And uh, Scripture in Psalm chapter 4 and verse 8 says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Now, a lot of people could really use that because I know a lot of people are, are uptight about the things that are happening in the world today. You look at the news headlines. Uh, I watched a debate last night and I got uptight. So uh, you can't, I can't stay with those things very long. I have to get away and get in the Word and, and pray. And uh, but, but God says that you can lie down in peace and sleep. You know, it's sleep is good. We need sleep to re, to restore our body and, and keep going. But can God do that for you? Is it His will? Well, I'm here to tell you that it is His will. Verse uh, in, in the Bible says in Second Timothy, we'll go to Second Timothy chapter three, and the first verse says, "But know this that in the last days." Perilous or dangerous times will come. Have you noticed they're here? Uh, we're living in these perilous, dangerous times. Uh, skip down to verse 13. It says, But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. We're seeing that all around. In fact, we could go through this whole section here and spend a long time teaching on on what this says here. But I don't want to dwell on the, the negative part. I want to dwell on what God has for us to overcome this. You know, we are overcomers. Amen. So, uh, we, but, but now we know the Bible says this, and so since we know this, I can't just use my faith to stop it. Because the Bible says that in the last days, these times, these things are going to happen. You know, for a long time, I kind of thought, well, yeah, that'll be after I'm out of here. Well, I'm here. And it's happening. You're here. And we're witnessing this. We are part of the end times. For sure. There's, there's no question in my mind about this. But we're also told it's going to get worse. That's not such happy news. But we have something that the world doesn't have. If we are a born-again child of God, we have something, we have a, a protection available if we will draw on it, if we'll take advantage of it. But, you know, you only have to pay attention to the news to see that, that what this has been talking about in the Bible is happening right now. There's some tragedy happening everywhere, every day. And it's worldwide. Somebody's getting robbed, somebody's getting uh, killed, they're, they're tearing down cities, it's, it's just, you know, you, you get too much news behind you and you're starting to, to dwell on that rather than what the Word of God says about what we have at our disposal. So, um, you know, this earth is a dangerous place. It always has been, but it's getting more and more dangerous. You know, you might think you live in a safe place, but there are things that can happen at, at any time that could take anyone 
out of this world. You know, you might think, well, I don't live in the actual big city where they've got, uh, you know, muggings and, and killings and, and those terrible things happening in the big city. But, you know, I used to live on a farm. And it's dangerous on the farm. You can get kicked in the head by a horse and it'll kill you. And you're just as dead as if as if uh, the, a robber had, had shot you stealing your money. So there's there's no place you can go. You go out, no you know, maybe maybe there'll be a COVID nineteen bug waiting for you somewhere where you don't think there's anything that happened. There's it, it's a dangerous, ugly place. The the enemy wants us out of here, and he wants us out of here as quickly as possible. Um, there's no completely safe place on the earth, but can God? in the midst of, of all this craziness, protect us? And is it His will to protect us? See, a lot of people don't know if it's His will. and and But I am convinced that yes, He can, and yes, it is His will. Now, does this mean nothing bad should ever happen to me because I'm a born-again believer? I wish that were the case. But what it does, it gives me the power, the, the protection to go through things. For example, uh, the only automobile accidents I have ever had were as a missionary in the mission field overseas. Now you'd think if anybody was going to be protected from bad things happening, wouldn't that be a, the place? And yet when, when they happen, well, the, let's see, the first one, we had a, a vehicle, we were uh, driving around and we, we had uh, icy roads. Now, I grew up in, in cold country, I know how to drive on icy roads. But we were, we were coming along and, and we hit a patch of ice and I did everything you're supposed to do. You, take, you don't slam on the brakes, you take your, your foot off the gas, you steer properly they they say steer in the direction of the curve of the swerve but you know of the skid anyway i did what you're supposed to do tap the brakes lightly and we were, it was like a hand was pushing us and we were actually speeding up and we started to fishtail more and more and pretty soon we're in the ditch bump bump and we've rolled over we're on our top we're upside down you know that's a weird feeling I've never never been that way before nor since, and it'll never happen again. But we're in this SUV that we had shipped over from America, and and you're so disoriented. And and you first we had two kids in the back seat that weren't buckled up. They were supposed to be, but they they went to sleep. So first of all, you're thinking, am, am I okay? Well, I'm looking. Everything seems to be okay, but it's dark. It's, it's like midnight. And so I, just, I couldn't get my seatbelt undone. So to, to ease the pressure, I pushed up on the ceiling to, to ease the pressure, not realizing that I was hitting the dome light, which turned the light on. So now I can see. And so I could get that out. We, we got out, and, and I looked. The kids in the back are kind of, what happened? Where are we? I know angels were involved in in our protection. 
There is no question in my mind because we went back the next day. Now this is December. Hadn't snowed, but you know, in, in the, in the, in, maybe you don't know here in Florida, but in, in cold country, when it gets cold, all the, the leaves in the, in the ditch on the side of the road, things, they, the, the plants, the, the, uh, bushes get dry and, and brittle. And, and so you could see where the car hit. Well, there's the license plate. It came off. The, the front license plate is there. And then about 20 yards further down, there is actually no disruption of any of the, the brush. And we turned upside down in a ditch with our headlights facing totally the wrong way because we should have, we were going this, this way. The headlights were facing out towards the road so that people could see us if they came by. We are upside down exactly in a ditch so that the, the top of the car didn't get smashed in. And, and it's like, you know, we're in a ditch and the back of the car is here, the front of the car is here, and, and the cat, the, the passenger compartment is protected. Now, we couldn't, we couldn't get the doors open, but the back door was, was off. Actually, the back, there's a, it was a Ford Explorer. And, and it had a, a tailgate, uh, back window that opened up. And that was taken off and placed gently on the side of the, of the, the car. And we had three or four bags, duffel bags loaded with the Christmas gifts and clothing and things like that. And they were taken out, stacked neatly outside of the car. And we, we were able to crawl out, you know, I'm on the roof of the car walking. It was a miracle. We had a bad accident, but none of us were seriously hurt. The car was, the, the people were so amazed. Um, have you ever seen a movie that a car rolled over and didn't catch on fire? Yeah, well, they don't, they make them so they don't do that anymore. But, uh, the people that in, inspected our car were so amazed that that car didn't, uh, that it didn't catch on fire and how, you know, it has an automatic system that shuts it off if it gets in the wrong position. The point is, I saw God's protection in our lives. We are here today because of God's protection. It, it, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't mean the enemy's not gonna try to hurt you. He, he tries every day to do something bad to you and to me, but he can't do it because we have authority and we're going to talk about this a little bit more. Oh, there, there are more stories I could tell you about that, but maybe, maybe another time. Um, so what I want to do is, is look at Psalm 91. Now, I know all of us have heard Psalm 91 before and, and many of us have been uh, reciting it almost daily, especially during the COVID-19 thing, but uh, we're not finished with what it can do in our lives. And when I, when Marta and I were married, I, we we had very little money, and and could, we need, we didn't have any insurance other than Psalm 91. And I'll tell you, Psalm 91 has been the greatest insurance policy in our lives. It's just been amazing how we've been protected by the hand of God. So um, we need to take what it says for ourselves. And the other thing I've found over the years is that 
whether we are protected or not protected is not all up to God. We have a great part to play in whether or not we receive God's protection. And and we see in this psalm that things are supposed to do and, and things that He will do in return. So if we have responsibilities, um, it, it, it keeps us safe. And we need to find out now what they are. We don't need to wait for any for something bad to happen. But the first verse, Psalm 91, verse 1, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Should we say this? We should say this. But it's our responsibility to say it. Now, if somebody hasn't learned the importance of the words we speak, this will just go right over their head. But I know the people listening to this, the people who come to this church, have heard about the power of our words. And this is, this is part of that. But, uh, you know, if, if they haven't heard it again, how, how does a person get born again? They, they are, they believe in their heart, yes, but they, they confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. And, you know, there, there are people right in this town and, and all over the world that believe in God, they believe is real, they believe in Jesus, but they, they, they're still lost. Why? Because they have not received Him and confessed Him with their mouth and in their heart as their Lord. The Bible says that the devils believe in God and tremble, but they're not saved. You know, it's, it's, it's not enough just to believe in it. But I'll tell you, it brings great joy to your heart to know that you're not, you don't only believe that, but you've confessed it with your mouth. And when, when you said, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior, Thank you for saving me. My faith is in you. And that I'm, I'm saved by your blood. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Jesus. You, you have to believe that and confess it personally. It, it's, it's not enough just to think it. Now, we know that about the new birth. But some people don't follow through with that into other areas of their belief system. It's, it's the same with healing. It's the same with the provision of God. It's the same with protection, which is what we're talking about tonight. It's not enough just to believe God can heal. Sometimes He heals. No. It's, it's like believing God can save, or sometimes it's His will to save. No, we know that's, that's foolishness. So, uh, what if somebody told me that, uh, well, I believe God can save, but I don't know if it's His will for everybody to be saved. Well, 
you don't know the word then, because the word says that he he would it's not his will that any should perish. But uh, if you ask people if they've made Jesus the Lord their Lord and Savior, well, I don't know. That's really that's up to him. You know, they're in trouble if that's if that's where they are in, in their belief. Um, people, like I said, people don't carry that over into other areas from being born again into the areas of, of healing or provision or, or uh, protection. Um, do you believe God is your healer? Well, that's up to Him. You know, you, you never know. God, sometimes God heals, sometimes God doesn't. No, that's, that's not the Word. That's ignorance of the Word. Now, religious tradition has come in and and there are churches that even teach that that it's well sometimes he does sometimes he doesn't you know you never know what god might do yes you do it's in his word it's in his will but if if you believe that you never know you're believing a lie and and you have just as much to do with you being healed as you do with you being born again I want you to say this out loud. The Lord, the Lord is the Lord, is the Lord who, heals me. who heals me. He forgives all my sins, he all my sins and He heals all my diseases. He heals all my diseases. And another, another part of this is you don't give up. You don't just say it one time. Um, Charles Caps has a wonderful little book. Now Charles Caps is in heaven right now, but this book is still available. It's it's called uh, what's it called? God's God's medicine, and it, it's uh, scriptures that that we go through every day, usually more than once a day, and and it's uh, personalized scriptures about how God's it's God's will to heal. It's, it's powerful. I can, uh, encourage you to get that if, if you can. But you don't just do it once and then, and then get disappointed if something bad happens. You know, another story. I, I may have told you about my, my knee problem when I was in, in, uh, Hungary. I had, uh, I had an accident years ago when I was still coaching and, uh, you know, snapped my knee backwards and, and had problems with it for a long time. Finally, it got so bad that I, I couldn't, I couldn't even sleep. I'd have to take something to help myself sleep. Now, in Hungary, it's probably the same here too, but everybody knows a specialist. And so we, they, they would try to get me into this specialist. Finally, it got to the point where I had to go get it, have surgery. But I, for years, I had been saying, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. We go, you know, we, I, I'm teaching and I'm limping, walking around, and by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Never, ever let it come out of my mouth how bad it hurt. I mean, it was obvious I was in pain. Um, but everything, the only thing that would come out of my mouth was, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Went had surgery, but by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. For a year after the surgery, it was worse than before the surgery. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. It was, this kind of, this is not that related, but it's funny. Um, I'm, I'm 
walking with a cane, we have a new little dog that's, that's a kind of a Ishmael dog. We were looking for our dog that was lost. And, and I was taking this dog out for the walk to do his business out in the street. Well, the, the, the collar wasn't on very tight. This little dog ran away. And, and I'm, you know, I've got a key. I don't speak very much Hungarian. The only word I know is, is help. Shegicheg. But you don't say it in a situation like that. So when I tell people what happened, they just laugh at me because it was, but I'm, I, it must have been pathetic looking because I'm, I'm limping after this dog. Shegicheg! Shegicheg! Help me! Or help! Help! And people are looking and just, finally some lady had pity on me and, and uh, help me catch the dog. I should have just uh, let it go. Well, I better not say that. Because <laughs> it was very close to the, one of the main streets in the, in the whole country, and it could have been easily uh, roadkill. But we, we rescued the dog. Nobody rescued me. But finally, and even, even I, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. One day... The pain's not there. And even today, I'm, you know, I, sometimes I don't remember which leg it was. But God healed me. Amen? But you don't give up. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Amen. Now, um, though He is the Lord who heals me. But, uh, you know, what about your protection? You know, people, people say, I believe God could protect you anytime, any place. And if, you know, you, you say, well, if somebody put a gun to your head, uh, would, would God make that bullet miss you? Well, God could make that happen, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, if somebody put deadly poison in your, in your drink, could God neutralize it so that it wouldn't hurt you? Well, God could do that, yeah. Well, do you think he would do it for you? Well, if it was his will. See, that, that tells me they don't know the word because his word is his will. And, and his, God wants to offer us protection. But, and, and saying things like that, well, if it's his will, that's the easy way out. It, it shows you don't know what, what the word has for you. And, uh, I'm starting to, to croak up here, so I better, Lubricate a little bit. Bear with me. Um, say this again. He's my healer. He's my provider. It's a spiritual principle. Whatever you say... Whatever you say He is to you, He will be to you. Let me say that again. Whatever you say He is to you, He will be to you. That's so important. You know, you, you could go around saying, God's my provider. He meets all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He always takes care of me. He always meets all my needs. Whatever you say He is to you, He will be to you. Amen. 
And, and for, I don't know, for, I just started doing it because people are quick to say, well, that's my life. Nothing good ever happens to me. I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I, I, I caught myself doing that. And it's been, I don't know, we were still living overseas when I finally turned it around. But now I say quite often, I'm in the right place at the right time all the time. All the time. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean... Yes, it does necessarily mean. I almost said it wrong. You can be in the right place at the right time all the time, even if it might seem like at the moment you're in the wrong place. But whatever you're confessing, whatever you say He is to you, He will be to you. That, that's so important. Um, we've only got two verses done in this, this Scripture. We better keep going. But verse 2 again, He says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Another translation says, You are my defender and protector. So, say this out loud. You are my refuge. You are my defender. You are my fortress. You are my protector. In you I trust. You are my God. And you protect me. Ooh, that's, you know, that's, that's good to have that coming out of your lips. You know, not necessarily so you can announce that to the whole town, but you need to hear yourself hear, say it. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, but faith comes by, faith comes by whatever you are hearing. That's why commercials bombard you with these silly jingles and things all the time. They, they, uh, they get in there and pretty soon you think, yeah, you know, I really ought to try one of those. Uh, it, it's, it becomes part of who you are if you can consistently say that. Hear yourself, uh, saying those things. Um, anything that comes along that tries to, to scare you or shake you, you should be so full of the other, be so full of the Word of God that it automatically comes out. My God supplies all my needs. My God is my healer. You are my source. You are my protector. Yes. Amen. And and anything that comes against you or comes against your family, it, it, it should get automatic that these, these are the things. Just like I talked in one of the messages I gave here about the sponge. When... when uh, a sponge is is filled whatever it's filled with when it's squeezed whatever's in that sponge is what comes out and that's how we are we're like that sponge and when we're under pressure that whatever we've filled ourselves with if it's the word of god that's what's going to come out and that's what's going to change the situation most people call things that are the way they are and it just promotes the way they are. It doesn't change anything. Um, also, if you are a believer, you're not a beggar. If you're a beggar, you're not a believer. But religion has made beggars out of people. And uh, 
You know, God, please, oh, please don't let this happen to me. Please, oh, please, please, please let President Trump get, get voted. Please let President Biden get, Biden get in. Please this. Beggars don't advance in the kingdom of God. If you're a believer, you're not to be a beggar. You don't teach people to come to the altar and say, oh, God, oh, please, God, please, 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 please help me. He's already done everything He's going to do. He's, he's not going to go to the cross again. He's, he's done more than anyone could. And, and it's available for us if we will accept it, if we will speak it out of our mouth. He's already demonstrated what His will is for us. And, and in the same way, we don't beg God to heal us. A lot of Christians don't believe that, but it's true. If you beg God to heal you, you're, there's no faith in that. And and we walk by faith, not by sight. Um, Jesus said that, uh, that the tradition of men make the Word of God not effective. And people say, well, that's not what they taught in my old church. Well, what what scripture did they give you to for what they did teach? See, that's uh, uh, Keith Moore likes to use the phrase. He says, "You know what you need for something to be scriptural? Scripture. You know that that's pretty pretty simple, but that's that's the way it is. But people base their their theology on songs that they sing in church. You know, Pastor David talks about some of those unbelieving songs quite often." Uh, and they they take it like it's it's right from from the throne of God, and it's not. It's it's unbelief and doubt. And uh, you know we're reading the Bible here today. And and another thing I want to point out in listen how bold this is in Psalm ninety one, because um, people don't really notice usually how how bold it can be. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him. I will trust. I will trust. Not if He chooses to help me, because you never know what God might do. You do know it. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 3, Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. What is the truth? The truth is the Word of God. If, if you remember the last time I taught, I taught about the, the weapons of, of uh, spiritual weapons, the armor of God, and the truth, the loin belt of truth was the Word of God. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. There's a lot of stuff going around that you can be uh, distracted by. And if your focus is on the destruction and, and the distraction, uh, you're, you're going to be off of where you could be receiving the protection of God. Verse 7, a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. 
I don't care how many people are getting tested for COVID, how many people are dying of it. My God says it shall not come near me if I receive that. Amen? Amen? Now, that doesn't mean I do stupid things and go out there and and, uh, disregard all kinds of of protocol for, for keeping safe distances and things like that. But it will not come near me. And uh, if, if you get this into you, it, it won't matter what you go through. It won't hurt you. Whether it's COVID or whether it's uh, financial hardships, whether it's sicknesses, those things can't come near you. And, uh, you know, even when people tell you about this disaster that's coming, and we've heard lots of, lots of prophecies about... Uh, uh, there's a there's a dark cloud coming. There's a storm coming. There's evil coming. There's also the bright side of that too. There's the glory of God is coming. But it, it, no matter what comes, they might even look at you funny when you say, "Well, that's okay, because it won't come near me." Yeah. And they, you know, they might not fellowship with you anymore. But that's that's the attitude we need to have. It will not come near me. And, uh, you know, they might say, well, who do you think you are? Which tells me they don't know who they are. Because I am a child of God. I, I am His sheep. I hear His voice, the voice of another. I will not follow. The, the Word of God is the voice I want to follow. I want to give voice to His Word. Amen. That's powerful. Okay, verse 8. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Keep watching. Because the wicked is going to get what's coming to them. I don't have to be the one that dishes out uh, punishment to the wicked. That's God's job. God is the, is the God of vengeance. And He will repay. Verse 9, Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he, now, what, what qualifies that? Because you have made the Lord your refuge, and the Most High your dwelling place. I mean, the, the very first verse is, uh, it's, it's, it's about where you live, where you make your abode, under the shadow of the Almighty. He'll give His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because He has set His love on me, this is God speaking back to us now, because He has set His love upon me, therefore I will deliver Him, I will set Him on high, because he has known my my name that's what happened that night we rolled over in that car we 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 hit a bad situation but he delivered us he set us up on high nothing missing nothing broken the peace of god was over us and says so because we know his name he shall call upon me and i will answer him i will be with him in trouble it doesn't say I will keep him out of trouble. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. 
with long life. I love this, this verse. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. These are things that, that we quote daily. With long life, I will satisfy him. He will satisfy me. Personalize it. With long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. We pray that over other people as well. With long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. Don't leave this earth until you're satisfied. Amen. So, the first part of it is you have to believe God. Believe God. God and His Word are one. And, and we, He gave us His Word so that we can give voice to His Word. And that gives us power. It gives, it, it, we have a creative power available to us if we'll believe it, if we'll use it, if we'll trust God. You know, we talk about the tithes and offerings. Uh, people are hesitant to, to get into that until they really have the revelation that God is not trying to get things from me. He's trying to get something to me. But we have to trust Him for that. It's, you know, there was a time in, in our lives when, when we were financially, uh, I didn't know what we were going to do. We, we finally looked like we had a breakthrough because some people offered us a chance to move into their home, us with four children, and all we had to do is take over the payments. Wow! He was moving to Canada. Christian guy. What he didn't tell us was he hadn't made any payments on that house for years. He also didn't tell us that he hadn't paid anything to the IRS for years. So we'd been there maybe three months and they're knocking on our door. They're ringing our phone. They want their money. They don't care that it's us that's living there and not him. They want whoever's there to pay the money. It was a disaster. I mean, it was, it, you know, and, and I had not yet had the, the revelation of tithing. Yeah, I knew I was supposed to, but if you add these numbers up, it, it just it doesn't make sense. I can't give 10% of what I have when I can't even pay everybody that I owe now. And we were to the point, now I tell this overseas and they, they have a hard time believing this, I was ready, I asked our pastor, can we pitch a tent in your backyard so I can get things figured out? And and we'll just, you know, I uh, I didn't know what to do. And he took, he had compassion. He had a he had an empty basement. He let us move into, and it was at that time when I finally was able to get get quiet before God and realize I I had not been tithing. You know, I'd give five dollars now and then maybe, but I wasn't a tither. And as soon as I got that revelation and started to, to be a full tither, now it didn't happen overnight, but we, it, the turnaround was amazing. Well, I know without a doubt we would never have been able to go into the mission field had we not been able to, to turn that around and start tithing. 
But you have to trust God that His Word is true. If He said it in His Word, give and it will be given, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. If you believe it. And you plant with the right heart. And I'll tell you, I was as humbled as I could ever get at that point. You know, willing to live in a tent with four kids. Uh, but I was, I, I was honest about that. I, was, I didn't know what else to do. But it's, it's trusting God. Believing what He said is true. And then being led by the Holy Spirit. That's probably one of the biggest keys to all of this is, is to be led because we, we think we can figure it out. That's what I tried to do about, about living in, in a tent. I'm going to figure this out my own way. Uh, I don't have a big enough brain to do that. God had the answer. And the answer was there all, all the time if I'd have just been humble enough and, and smart enough to look at His Word and obey what His Word. You know, I am thoroughly convinced that God is more interested in our obedience to what He calls us to do than He is what might be the results of that obedience. You know, we were called to go overseas to Mongolia and then on to Hungary and Romania. Uh, You have these ideas of all the wonderful things that are going to happen when you do this, how the big churches that are going to spring up and all the thousands and thousands of people are going to, that are going to receive Jesus. And sometimes He sends you to some place for one little girl maybe who, who gets born again. You know, He, he sailed across in, in, in Mark chapter 4, uh, sailed across the sea in, in a storm where they almost all died, went over, cast the demons out of one man and got back in the boat and sailed back to the other side. Jesus will do that for you. We, but we need to trust Him, be led by the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank You for Your, your Word. Thank You for teaching us tonight, Lord. Thank You that You are our protection. You are our provider. Lord, You are everything to us, Father. We thank You that that Your Word gives us light and life, and we choose to be doers of Your Word now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.